Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Allow me to get to 1 million subscribers. And if I do that by the end of the semester, let's call it quits for school. <laughs> Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey, my loves. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's your host, Eileen. In today's episode, we are talking about building a successful YouTube channel and living an authentic life. We're so lucky to have with us Natalie Alzate. Natalie is one of the most successful, fastest growing multicultural female YouTube creators on the platform. Her signature digital content includes DIY life hacks, as well as beauty, fashion, and lifestyle advice to her audience of millions worldwide. Combined, her channels boast over 10 10.2 million total subscribers with more than 1.2 billion video views with the majority of her meteoric growth occurring in the past two years. So listen on for Natalie's top tips on being a successful content creator. Hello, Natalie. Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle Podcast. I am so excited to have you today. I am thrilled. Thank you so much. I love how we're just casually pretending like we didn't just talk to ourselves <laughs> like two minutes ago. That's amazing. I know, but I have to start with how excited I am because I really am. Likewise. And right. And I, I love your podcast. I know you have it like you stopped doing it. Yes. It was like a temporary thing, mm-hmm. but like I loved listening to it. And so I think you're just so much smarter than you actually give yourself credit for <laughs> on YouTube. I, I'm just saying. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I totally know. agree. Um, I feel like you know, it's interesting that you say that because mm-hmm. I do feel like I kind of put up, you know, like YouTube for me, I kind of became a character. I spoke about this mm-hmm. in my last uh, video. It's yeah. not something I want to do. I really do want to like reflect more of myself, but I feel like as I evolve as a creator and as a person, I get more comfortable in my own skin and kind of like showcasing mm. what I'm good at. But it's interesting because I go into business meetings, right? Yeah. And so like with my channel, it's very bubbly. It's very like a uh, kind of like a very youthful vibe. Yeah. And uh, people will be really surprised with me. And they're like, wow, I didn't know you were so like business savvy. I yeah. didn't expect this from you. And I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm 25 years old. I went to school for marketing and business, but it's just things that obviously, you know, I don't showcase. It's a different side right. of me, a different dimension than on my channel. So Yeah. I mean, it's okay that you don't showcase it because there's mm-hmm. a place for everything, but I'm just like, <laughs> I, it's, it's something that's so cool. But I would want to. I think it's fun you know I think it's different it like brings about yeah like a different uh, dynamic to the scene which I think is always nice yeah so let's first talk about your story what led you to start creating on YouTube in the first place oh my goodness okay so this goes back five years ago I pretty Mm -hmm. much was in school for marketing and business I was it was all kind of like monotonous for me I was in my economics class doing you know supply and demand <laughs> and I would just be watching mm-hmm. videos like hiding my phone from my professors and 
I was so inspired by like all of these incredible entrepreneurs like Michelle Phan, Dulce Candy, uh, Candy Johnson. And um, yeah. I really like it was something I truly wanted to pursue. I felt like almost like a relationship with all these people that I didn't even know. I proposed myself to do it. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, you know, why not? Why, why not start posting once a week? and seeing how this thing goes. I was so scared. I don't know if you felt the same way when you post your first video and you're like, oh gosh, everyone's going to see it. But the reality is it's a lot harder, you know, to market yourself. And I think I had like 10 views or something like that, but (laughs) it was a slow start for me. Um, My channel didn't really kick off until maybe two years into it. Yeah. I was just like in school for business and really uninspired, didn't really have like a drive or a passion. But on the side, I was doing YouTube and I was becoming obsessed with analytics and with, you know, marketing myself. What what colors on a thumbnail? Um, where psychologically do people want to click? Like all of these marketing things that I'm sure you're yeah. also aware of. And I became obsessed and I was like, yeah, my goodness, I think my heart's in this. And so I was in my third year of college and I went to my parents' room very nervously and I was like, hey guys, do you think it's okay if I pursue this? <laughs> and my family, of course, being, you know, first generation immigrants mm-hmm. and, and all that, they were like, absolutely not. Like, uh, you know, school is what you have to do. Like, this is what we came here for. I'm like, this is the route you should take. And uh, <laughs> It was kind of like a blow to me because I was like, this is what I really want to do. This is what I'm passionate at. I'm not too passionate in business school. Listen, I'm already applying all of these things that I'm learning. I'm already negotiating with brands. I'm already um, connecting with people from all around the world. Mm. I'm doing what I'm learning, but I'm actually applying it. And so um, I pretty much just did a deal with them and I said, all right, let me take the semester off of school. And uh, at the time I had 7,000 subscribers. Um, I was literally not even monetizing. And I told them, I said, you know, allow me to get to 1 million subscribers. And if I do that by the end of the semester, let's call it quits for school. <laughs> wow. That's a huge goal. So they let me do that. And yeah. I worked my ass off. Like, Mm -hmm. no kidding. You know, I had one opportunity, I guess, to show them and to prove to myself that, hey, you know, if you really want to make this work, you better be every single night, you know, figuring out what's that next video you want to do. Um, It was me, like, behind it all. I'm sure with with yourself as well, people, um, you know, they see this whole thing, like a a huge video. But in the beginning, it was just me, myself. Right now, we're a team Mm -hmm. of five. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, for me to be writing the videos, editing the videos, producing the videos, being a part of the videos, then trying to market the videos, yep. like, it's a lot. It so, is. Yep. So, yeah. But um, thankfully, you know, I was able to kind of like what we were discussing with the whole vision board thing. I have always been like a very big believer in mindset and visualizing and like manifesting great things in your life. And so I would cut out like a piece of my YouTube channel. And I, at the time, had 7,000 subscribers. So, you know, my goal was a million. So I changed it for a million. And I would look at that every single day. And I would go to school in my business uniform, taking my supply and demand economics class that I hated (laughs) and dreaded. And I'd go to all these mathematical classes. And I would speak out and manifest. I would say, hi, my name is Natalie from Natalie's Outlet. I am a top fastest growing YouTube channel. I am a top creator. 
I have a house by the age of 23. I was like very specific with what I wanted. Mm. I was like, I, I'm married yeah. to Dennis Garcia, which at the time we were just dating. Oh. <laughs> and so um, I would, you know, be very specific with the amount I wanted to earn. And, you know, eventually it all really came true, which is just kind of crazy. And um, it feels like such a blessing. So, yeah. Well, I think. It, it came true because you did both sides. You did oh, the manifesting and yeah. the research, looking into no, data, no, 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 testing. Like you, yes. are, I don't want people out there listening to think it's all just like you manifested yeah. everything because oh you goodness. worked for no, it, no, no. girl. No, yes, yeah, definitely. What, what I have to say to that is just that, you know, you can't really, for me personally, I have never accomplished something without believing in it first. Yeah. So of course there's so much, you know, dirty work that you have to do. Um, in terms of just, you know, late nights and connecting with people and people saying no and emails that that no one reads and, you know, feeling kind of down on yourself. But that's where your mindset comes in. And it's like you really have to be your biggest advocate for yeah. everything in your life. You really have to believe in your dreams and what you're saying and what you're preaching. So yeah, like you you believed in yourself. Plus, you kind of yes. put a timeline on yourself to like, I have to prove well, to my I family to. I can do this, <laughs> right? I had no choice. And actually, I think it was a huge motivator for me as well to be mm -hmm. like, you know what, guys? Like, I understand where you're coming from. I understand you guys immigrated here um, to mm -hmm. give me and my sister a better life. But listen, like I have a vision and I see this becoming yeah. something. And like, I want you to trust that. And, you know, even today, my parents don't quite understand what I do. Still, <laughs> really? <laughs> but it's interesting. And it's opened up their eyes as far as, you know, like, I think you might relate that growing up, what people used to really glorify was everyone that would say, oh, I want to be a doctor or, hey, I want to mm -hmm. do this. And those are very incredible careers, right? Yeah. Fabulous, but not for everyone. And so for mm -hmm. me, I always grew up with that pressure having to be like, oh God, if I say I want to be an animator on Pixar, which is kind of like what I wanted to do, mm. or if I say I want to do graphic design, like all of a sudden the conversation and the vibe in the room is like, mm, not very good, you know, yeah, just going that totally. artist route. So I do mm -hmm. like that nowadays a lot of artists are proving that wrong. Like a lot of people are self-employed, are entrepreneurs, are doing a lot of incredible businesses like you and I. So yeah, totally. And how did you find your niche? Did you really, did you have an idea of like the type of video you mm -hmm. wanted to make? Because I feel like your content has evolved over time. Oh yes, girl. No. <laughs> yeah. I it's been all over the started. place actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I started with an outfit of the day which yeah. is, you know, a very typical video of showing your outfit. And like, I hate fashion, like truly, like quite honestly, really? yeah, like I'm not really into <laughs> yeah. fashion. I don't really, I take like the Steve Jobs approach, which is like, just mm. make one less decision and just wear the same thing over and over again. My <laughs> yeah. husband's the one that is like all into fashion and he dresses me for events and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. But so it's interesting that that was my first video, right? I kind mm -hmm. of just did what I watched at the time, which was outfit of the days. And then mm -hmm. I went into makeup and then slowly but surely, you know, the makeup stuff wasn't really sticking. And I was like, why is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like for me, I wasn't creatively like I couldn't see myself doing so many different makeup looks with like one palette, for instance, right? Yeah. I just didn't have the heart for it. So then mm -hmm. I started to really, you know, read books and understand that, you know, people need to see value. And so you need to mm -hmm. give them that. And so I started kind of implementing, let's say, makeup with value. And so what does that make? Like, let's say makeup hacks. And so yeah. hacks were kind of the niche that really grew my channel a lot. At mm -hmm. the time, there wasn't so many people doing it. 
And uh, it was kind of like a fun new term, kind of like DIY. Yeah. Yeah. And then at what point did you start your Spanish channel? Oh, okay. So my Spanish channel, I would say I was three years into my English channel. So that channel has been out now for two years, I believe. I believe it might be a little bit more. Amazing. But with that channel, you know, I didn't want to. Like I, quite frankly, I was like, this is so much work. But it was my family all in Colombia. They were like, Natalie, we support you. We love you. We don't understand what you're saying. Like, can you give us a little bit of something? (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, if only you guys knew, like now you want me to replicate this content. But um, my approach was just repurposing content. So what I would do is I would take a video that did really well on my English channel and I would just sit down, do an intro and an outro in Spanish. Hola, como están? Me llamo Natalie, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then um, I would put it together, you know, or I would have an editor kind of translate certain words and then that's it. And what I found it to be was just like really shocking. Like my channel, I think within the first year grew to almost a million subscribers, almost a million because we're almost there. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Like hitting a new demographic, a new crowd of people. And I believe it was in 2018. Um, this was one of the stats that I talked about in my podcast, hashtag viral, the top 10 fastest growing channels were Um, Latin Americans. Yeah. So whether it was from Brazil or whether it was from, you know, Mexico, and it was because the content in the States, for instance, was much more saturated, whereas Mm -hmm. um, these people were just getting the resources to do a lot of these videos and it was blowing up. So yeah. I guess good timing as well. Right. I just think it's so cool that you used your ability to speak Spanish and you like, you know what I mean? Like you did that and that Thank not you. everyone can do that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been really fun. So you are probably like the most successful YouTuber on my podcast. So I would love for you to share. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh I would love geez. for you to share for our listeners your best tips on growing a channel. Mm. What were okay. those secret nitty gritty things that you did? that worked. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, there's so many. I would mm-hmm. say like first and foremost, really studying your peers. Um, but when you study other people, so like I would literally go online, I'd be like, what was it? Social Blade, mm-hmm. which I don't check anymore because I don't think it's very healthy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I would go on Social Blade. I would see who were like the top 100 channels that were growing. I would go in, I would learn about different niches. I wouldn't just stick to like my own like makeup because truly mm. when you do that, uh, it's amazing. You you encounter like a very close-knit community, but also you just stay within that community. And everybody's business is different, but that wasn't really my my goal. And so I would just observe what these people are doing right. How are their thumbnails? You know, uh, what are they saying within the first few minutes? And then I would go on the back end of things, analytics, and I would see, oh gosh, when did people drop off? Uh, which thumbnails had the most impressions? Mm. And really doing a lot of the the work that like math wise, I guess on other people's channels too, but also realizing that, okay, yes, you can observe these people, but you can't, you can try to emulate, but you can't copy because what ends up happening is like, for me, Mm -hmm. uh, Bethany Moda was like popping right at that time. And so I was like, Oh my God, let me be just like Mm -hmm. Bethany Moda. So I started my videos just like her. And I, I realized that that content wasn't sticking. And the reality is, you know, no one could be, Uh, like a Bethany Moda. Only Bethany Moda could be that, if that makes sense. So nobody wants to see the same version yeah. of one person. Yeah. And I, f- I find that even the the top creators right now mm-hmm. on the platform, each of them have their own little unique quirk or their own little unique story or something that sets them apart. So really figuring out what that is for you. Another advice I'd say is 
you know, when you get a no for an answer, like you're asking the wrong person. So like for me, I was constantly emailing different businesses and and things for like promo. And it's kind of weird even looking at it now because I don't do that anymore. But for instance, I have a series called Beauty Busters. And so I was pitching it out to a network. And uh, Beauty Busters is all about a series where I test out internet beauty to see if they're a poop, a whoop, or maybe baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of became this thing on my channel. But I was pitching it to to someone who honestly yeah. was not interested. And so I had already gone in. I'd, I've done animations for this. I was so excited about the project. And I remember leaving that meeting, like, feeling so bummed. And I was like, wow, this actually sucks. Like, why did I, you know, think this was going to be so great? You know, they said no to me. And I was like, well, what the hell? Let me just use it for myself. And so I ended up doing right. it on my channel. And it, it did incredible. Like, millions of right. views. It, blew it up. became yeah. really big series for me, uh, a big series for me to also pitch to different brands. And so mm. – um, Can I ask, why do you think yeah. you doubted yourself? Like why did you not oh, yeah. put that on your channel in the first place? Well, you know, because I thought at that point in time, I was a smaller channel. Mm. So I thought that giving this to someone else, a network, right? Kind of like, have more reach. Yeah, it would have more reach. Mm. But it would have been dumb of me because the reality is they would have taken ownership over that content. I would not have even been able to use it, which is what we see with a lot of people that work off like Buzzfeed and, and things of that nature. So it just depends. I mean, there's different routes for different people if that's the route that you want to take, but, and that's the route I thought I wanted. And I'm so happy that they Mm. said no. And that I also just decided to invest that within myself on my own channel. Yeah, like it all happened for yes. a reason, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. So aside from that, I mean, how much research do you put into each of your videos? So like, what's the process? Yeah. So the process for me right now is actually so different. I don't know. Right mm. now, I am seeing my channel more of like intentional. I'm seeing it more as I want to build a community. Whereas before, like I was mentioning to you, it was all about reaching the masses, which I think is smart. But I also think it's more important now that I look at it. What I wish I would have done is just kind of niche it in because especially when it comes to Mm -hmm. selling product, right? It's a lot easier that way. Mm -hmm. People trust you a little bit more. For instance, like for you, you know, you talk a lot about self-help. And so you have that awesome journal book, which I absolutely love. Yeah. And so I I will trust you because that that's your content. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whereas like if someone um, all of a sudden wants to sell makeup, but they don't do makeup, it doesn't really make sense. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because they're too like wide reaching. Exactly. Yeah. So that's something that I found out throughout like all of this also um, in terms of like brands. Brands want to work more now with niche creators just because Mm -hmm. they see that the return on investment is a lot higher. So Mm, mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. So then are you saying that now most of your content is like what you want to create versus what you think other people want? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Which is a huge shift because I think when you're Mm -hmm. trying to grow a small channel, you kind of have to focus on what other people want to see. Right. Like there's like I think for YouTubers, it's always like a weird balance that you have to sustain. So can you talk about what that is for you? Totally. I mean, I think it is a balance just because at the end of the day, like, for instance, my prank videos were popping off. In other words, like they were doing so good. Like I have some that are like over 90 million. And, you know, I was really proud of that content back then. Now, is it content that I want to be related to right now? Like I'm, you know, I'm older, I'm a little bit more mature. It it doesn't quite fit 
a lot with a lot of different brands. Uh, like I would actually have my managers tell me, you know, Natalie, you really have to stray away from this stuff mm-hmm. um, because it just doesn't look good to brands. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I liked it at that time and it was fine and it was fun. But what I'm trying to say is to each their own. For me, I also would have gotten bored of doing the same thing over and over. So for me, there's always some sense of like evolution. So like 2020 feels like a new year to me. And mm-hmm. my word of the year is intention. And everything that I post this year, I want it to be intentional. I want it to mean something to me. Um, yeah, I don't just want to do it for the masses, if that makes sense. Because that stuff yeah. gets kind of old yeah. as a creator. Right. And, and like it's more fulfilling to, to be intentional and to do what you want. So important. Yes. So important. Yeah. Hi loves, let's take a break and talk about how to make 2020 your best year. As an artist of life, you have the power to envision and create the life you've always wanted. So as we enter a new decade, seize this opportunity to take action towards your dreams in 2020. To guide your year, I created the 2020 Artist of Life Workbook, a journal filled with 125 pages of questions and exercises to help you self-reflect, clarify your vision, set goals in all areas of your life, execute your goals, and track your progress monthly with sections on self-love overcoming fear habit tracking gratitude journaling and more the artist of life workbook keeps you accountable and guides your growth throughout the year it's a tool to keep you inspired motivated and organized helping you live your best life all the exercises within have personally helped me change my life for the better and i'm confident that they'll do the same for you to get started go to shop.lavendaire.com to get your copy of the 2020 artist of life workbook again that's shop.lavendaire.com. So like any other creator, I'm sure that you also get unmotivated and uninspired. So how do you stay inspired or what do you do when you're in those slumps? Because I feel like we all go through it. (laughs) Okay. So I really went through it. Like last, last year, I burnt out, like literally. Mm-hmm. I, I I had my podcast. I had my merchandise. I was running three different channels. I had like side businesses. I was investing. Like, I was doing it all, right? It was <laughs> yeah. too much. It was too much. I was one person. And that was like a – like I hit a wall pretty much where I wasn't motivated. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like what, what am I supposed to do? And what I did was I did nothing. Like I literally just – did nothing. I mm. took like you a stopped pause. everything. Yeah, I stopped. Like yeah. I, I mean, you know, certain things I was in contract for, so I couldn't necessarily stop. But right. to my best ability, like I gave myself a break, which I think is so important, especially as entrepreneurs. We don't realize, you know, we're not machine. We're mm-hmm. human beings, and we need to breathe, and we need to just like pause. And I like rewatched a few movies that I loved. Eat, pray, love, for instance, being one of them. And there's something yeah. in that movie that really stuck to me. It was called Dolce Dignite, I believe. And what does that <laughs> Excuse mean? Excuse my pronunciation. Pretty much it means the sweetness of doing nothing. Mm. And I think like in this time and age, a lot of us don't understand that concept. Like literally doing mm-hmm. nothing, like just sitting with yeah. yourself, right? And like just hearing your breath. I mean, a lot of this can go into like meditation and, you know, things of that nature. But I had been on such a like a roller coaster, I would say, that that whole year doing so many different projects that if someone were to ask me, oh, how was your day yesterday? I was like, it was good. Oh, what'd you do? I couldn't remember. Like I was on autopilot. Like mm. I yeah, had you so present. much. Exactly. So I literally did nothing. <laughs> I took a break and I tried to be as present with myself as possible. Like tried to figure out, okay, you know, this is a new 
it feels like a new era for me. Like what are the things that I love now? Not the things that people on my channel Mm -hmm. want to see from me. Like who am I now? Because the thing is, you know, as a creator, obviously there's, you filter yourself in many ways, right? Like you edit a video, you cut out the things that you don't want people to see. Likewise on social media, it it makes your audience kind of question like, okay, so who is this person? But also Mm. you're questioning all the time. I don't know. I deal with this all the time, but I pretty much just step back from my work and take a time off. I think it's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you talked about in the beginning of the podcast that you're trying to show more of your actual self on your YouTube channel. Is Yeah. Yeah. Like what, where do you plan on taking this? Mm. Well, to be honest, I actually sat with myself yesterday to create a vision board because I had mm-hmm. no idea. Like <laughs> I genuinely, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I've been doing YouTube for five years, which doesn't seem like a long time, but I feel like on internet years, it's like, it's quite some time, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, I just started to really look at my work and I asked myself, like, does this make me proud? What do I want to see myself doing in like the next five years? So for me, it just came down to like simplifying and it was all about intention. So kind of like what Mm. I mentioned. So not doing things anymore just because of the money or not doing things anymore because of, um, you know, what people want to see from you. Because, you know, on the back end of things, you know, for, for a bit, I had like people like let's say managers telling me what I should be doing I had people telling me how I should be dressing how I should be doing things like and that's why Mm. I said in the beginning of this I felt like a character and it was awful and I didn't even know who I was and yeah I'm just like I'm letting go of that I guess of all those strings and all those people that were telling me what to do and yeah learning about myself yeah I love it it's like your journey to being more authentic that's it exactly yeah yeah and it's cool because it's like you're doing it in public, <laughs> like like it's in the public's eye, and everyone can see your transformation. It's so strange. I mean, I don't know. Do you ever feel that way as well? Like you yeah. shut off all these layers, but people yeah. don't see that online, and then you're kind of you know having to 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 explain in a way, like, hey, this right. is who I am now. And, yeah, I feel yeah. like especially the past year, I've been changing a lot, and it's mm-hmm. always it's it's not always easy to portray the change on your channel, but I guess exactly. naturally, like over time, you, like they can tell. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, which is great. Then that means you are living your most authentic life. Yeah, and I also think it's like a fun idea to think when you're old, if you were to like mm-hmm. age, like you look back at your first videos and... I think that's wonderful. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Which is actually why like YouTube videos kind of remind me of journaling, but digitally. Yeah. Right? It's like a live public exactly. journal. Exactly. And you just mm-hmm. go back and you're like, this is where I was. Wow, these were my problems. Wow, that mm-hmm. wasn't even a problem, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's really great. Yeah. Totally. So something I do want to talk about, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you're not comfortable, it's okay, but oh, like your breast implants oh, illness. Yeah, totally. Let's talk about that. Because mm-hmm. I think I didn't know about that until I saw it on your Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. And I think you shed so much light on that, which is mm-hmm. really important. Yeah. So pretty much I uh, got a breast augmentation. Sorry, I haven't talked about this in a while. I was like, what am I saying mm-hmm. here? I got breast <laughs> augmentation at the age of 19 due to a deformity that I had. I grew up feeling really insecure with my with my chest area and just like with my body. You know, I didn't understand why I was different. And so I started pursuing, you know, what I would do to change that. And so I got implants at the age of 19 and slowly but surely like 
five years down the line, I, it affected everything. It affected my autoimmune, sorry, my immune system. So I had an autoimmune disease. I had hypothyroidism, something mm. that didn't really run in my family. Mm. My hair was- And you didn't realize it was coming from the breast implants, No, right? unfortunately I didn't until, you know, kind of connecting the dots and really being real my, with myself because, you know, when you go in and you change yourself, you don't want to relate what's going on with your body to what you did. You feel guilty, right? Yeah. And so I oh, was, yeah. you know, I had to really check my ego and be like, Natalie, like maybe mm-hmm. this is it. So I pretty much um, had all these symptoms, which you can just look up online, breast implant illness. Everybody feels things differently. Mm-hmm. Every single body is different. And I decided I was like, hey, you know, I'm 25. I'm in a different stage in my life. I'm married. I, I feel different about myself. And so I'm just going to remove my implants and I'm going to do it because I feel like this is the issue. This is what's been really affecting my health. But also I'm just going to do it. You know, if, if that's not the case, it's okay. Regardless, I don't want to be right. changing my implants every 10 years. Like my priorities in life had kind of changed, you know? And so yeah, I yeah. went in, I removed my breast implants. Obviously, it's a very serious procedure. It's not just like taking them out. Only a microsurgeon can do it. So they removed the the capsule, which is what your body forms to protect itself from a foreign object. And oh, wow. I kid you not, I left mm-hmm. that surgery feeling better, literally out of surgery than I had for the past five years. Like <sighs> my brain fog was gone. Five I could years. Think straight. Wow. Um, and then a few months after, you know, from the detox of having the foreign object out of my body, I went back in to check how my thyroid was and I was completely mm. clear. So <gasps> wow. to me, yeah, I mean, to me that that was like, okay, well, hey, great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I did this and I felt a huge obligation, obviously, to share this with my audience. I don't ever touch on these mm-hmm. topics, but I was like, you know, if I could help one person, if I could just share my story, like you just never know. And thankfully, because of the other women that had shared their stories, I was like, hey, that sounds a lot like me. This sounds a lot like what I'm going through. And it's not self-diagnosing or anything like that, because a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know what? Uh, Breast implant illness is like a trend now or whatever. Like you would never want to go and put yourself under surgery just because of a trend. Right. right? It's serious. Uh, Yeah. For me, like my biggest testimony is just how I feel after and uh, how my Mm. body is doing. So yeah, that was that was the best like thing that I could have done for myself last year. Definitely. Yeah. I'm so happy for you that you did it, you know, because yes. yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a big risk because you don't even know if that's the issue that will heal exactly. you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's a risk to take. But yeah, it seems like you are now like Natalie 2.0, like living your new <laughs> life, right? Because if you feel, I feel so like much I'm better, always umping it up a little bit, maybe I'm like at my you're like, yeah, now. you're like 8.0. But I'm always trying to evolve myself to change to, you know, yeah. I think just like with maturity also, I just realized I have nothing against like plastic surgery. Like I can totally sympathize with Mm -hmm. people who, you know, maybe have had uh, breast cancer and at times feel like that's Mm -hmm. their best option because of the way they look or whatnot. Um, So I I totally can sympathize with women like that. For me, it was just all about really educating 
the people that watch my videos that trust me to just talk about my story. It was never to yeah. to tell people, oh, don't go get implants or don't do this. You know, right, I think right. everybody has to really be smart with their decisions and make it upon whatever their circumstances are. So right, but it's it's just so important because you have the platform to be able to share yeah. your story mm-hmm. and change so many lives. And I like that video that you posted about your breast implant illness. Mm-hmm. Like the comment section is like, yes. you know, it's it's so it's like so deep. heartfelt, deep, yeah. It is really deep. And what's also interesting is, you know, you don't have to have breast implants or a deformity to relate to like what mm-hmm. I went through. I think a lot of those comments were like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I, I never liked my nose or I never liked this about me, but it made me realize maybe it's not worth the risk. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I should just leave myself as I am. Right. And it all goes back to self-love. Yes. <laughs> Which, yeah. Which I've been practicing so a amazing. lot of this year. Yeah. It's very yeah. Important. Super important. All right, Natalie. So I'm going to move on to the rapid fire questions that I ask all of our guests. (laughs) So what does your dream life look like? Oh my goodness. My dream life looks like an authentic life. Like I'm literally just living my most authentic, intentional life. I'm doing things Mm -hmm. for myself. And of course, for those that I love around me, but for no other like external reasons. Yeah, good for you. Like I see like a metaphor between like your breast explant and like you just like letting go. Well, it's kind of like a physical metaphor for like you letting go of anything that is not you and you're coming back Mm, to your authentic self and you you feel so much better that way. Oh, yes. Right? (laughs) Okay. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? I mean, right now what I've been doing is I've been journaling a lot. I've actually been doing uh, prompt journals which I've loved, kind of like what, what you mm-hmm. have as well, your product, I I think it's kind of like yeah. a therapy session for yourself and like for your mind to just sit down and really ask yeah. yourself these questions, which are like kind of like what you said, what does your dream life look like, you know, or uh, what are you going to do today that will be intentional about your life? So that's kind of what I've been using, but maybe I'll get back to you on that one. Maybe I have yeah. something else. <laughs> Oh, no worries. The next question is similar. Like, what is one habit that has changed your life? Like 90% of anything in life, my bigger projects that I've worked on, it's been because I've reached out and pitched it out. Mm. And You're proactive. Pitched out these ideas. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So you don't just wait on things. You don't just sit on things. Like, you have to make it happen. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes people will say no. Some people will say yes. Some people won't believe in your ideas. But I think, like, just the act of doing that and believing in yourself, going out there, pitching yourself to to things mm-hmm. um, is, is, is really amazing. Like the reason I moved here to LA recently, even though everything was so comfortable back home mm-hmm. is because of that. I was too comfortable mm-hmm. and I was like, I need to get out again. Yeah. You know, I need to start moving. I, I'm someone that I constantly like to be evolving. So yeah. there's my long. No, I answer. love that. I love that about you. <laughs> but what is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? I think it would have to go back to what I said. I actually, uh, Chris Jenner was the one that told this to us. Uh, wow. We were at like this YouTube <laughs> conference and uh-huh. it was like the greatest business advice that she had ever gotten was if you're getting a no for an answer, you're asking the wrong Ooh, person. Yeah. So many different times I have seen that to be true because perhaps you're asking it to someone that doesn't necessarily see your right. vision or someone that doesn't necessarily, you know, have the time for it or whatever. So just like you know, close that door, open up another one. And, right. Like and don't feel bad about right it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? 
being able to make it your own, like just create your own life, you know? You get to paint it, create it. I'm all it, about that. All about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Natalie, where can we find you online? Uh, so you can find me as Natalie Zowley on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, pretty much everything. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so fun to talk to you and I appreciate you for your time. Oh my gosh, no, thank you. And I hope uh, everybody listening was able to take something away from this conversation. I'm so. sure. There were so many good golden nuggets <laughs> of wisdom. So thank you. Thank you, Eileen. I really appreciate it. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Natalie Alzate. Go ahead and follow her on all her social platforms at Natalie's Outlet. She is just such a cool girl and she is so kind and down to earth for the size of channel that she is. She's just grown so much in the past few years. So to wrap up with some key tips I took away from our interview, the first tip that I got from Natalie is that she does her homework. She studied other channels that were growing in other niches. She didn't just focus on like beauty or fashion. She really just studied any channel that was growing and she really went down and dirty into like the analytics and the data. Not only did she do that, but she also worked on the manifesting part of it. She visualized what she wanted. She had a vision board. She was really, really clear about all the aspects of her life and what she wanted in those areas. You know, she wanted to be married. She wanted to have a house. She wanted all these things. And she had the plan, she believed she could do it, and then she went ahead and did it. You know, she did that. And the next thing that really stuck out to me about Natalie's journey is how she's becoming more and more intentional and authentic. And that in turn leads to living a more fulfilling life because she previously ran her channel just based on trying to grow it as fast as possible. And so she just did whatever worked. And now she seems like she's being a lot more intentional about you know what she wants to put out into the world, how she wants to share herself. And she's becoming more and more open vulnerable and authentic with her content, especially more recently. And so I'm really proud of her growth. And one thing she said that is really important for anyone out there who wants to be a content creator, how important it is to have a niche, to niche down because she grew her channel really fast. And although that is really great and she is successful, now she's starting to niche down a little bit because when you have a niche, people tend to trust you more because you become like an expert in that niche. If you are making content that's all over the place, like you have beauty, fashion, travel, this and that, people don't know what you're an expert for and it's harder to like sell yourself. It's harder to brand yourself that way. And the last thing that really stuck out to me about Natalie is she is a proactive girl. Not only is she smart, she does her homework, she does her visualization, she goes out there, she reaches out to people, she pitches her ideas. And that is something that is more rare than you think. You know, a lot of people, they work and they create and they do their own thing, but they don't really reach out because so many people are afraid of being rejected. But in Natalie's words, or maybe she said Kris Jenner's words, if you get a no, you're asking the wrong person. So it's okay to reach out and it's okay to get a no. Like just ask someone else. Just keep asking and you will get yeses along your journey. It's just a matter of putting yourself out there. So that's your reminder for the day to go ahead and ask for what you want. 
Be proactive. Reach out. Do that thing. So I'll wrap it up here today. Sending you all so much love, and I will talk to you next time. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. $15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.